you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Are you ready for the word this morning? I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalms 139. Psalm 139. And sometimes we have a video, sometimes we have some video announcements. And this morning it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, We've had some challenges this week, technically and, and in other areas. But uh, through all the challenges, God gives us his peace. He gives us direction. He gives us his strength, his grace, and we move forward, right? And so we're going to trust him this morning. What I, what I want us to do before we get into the word is, is to pray because um, there, I have a lot to say, but I don't want to say what I want to say. I want to say what he wants me to say. And it's important that we connect with him and then we'll connect to each other. And so that's why we do pray. Father, thank you that we have an opportunity to hear your word. Father, we want to hear with ears that are open and receptive, that are hungry for the truth. Thank you, Lord, that the truth sets us free. Hearing the truth, knowing the truth, understanding the truth, and applying your truth to our lives sets us free. And so, Father, we desire to be more free this morning than we were yesterday or the day before or the week before. Thank you for continually setting us free to a new level of freedom in Christ. Holy Spirit, we trust you to lead us and guide us into all the truth that you show us and give us understanding of your word this morning. We thank you for everyone that's tuned in, connected with us, everyone that will see this message or hear this message in the future, Lord, that it produces uh, your power to set us free in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to grab some water here. And I'm so excited about this message this morning because... In studying it, it's almost like a cook in the kitchen. You know, you're preparing something, and the Lord gives you a new recipe. You know, I was looking at your fried chicken that you were making on your Facebook, and I got hungry. I had to turn it off. (laughs) Regina, I almost almost texted uh, our message. Yeah, what time you... I'm going to come celebrate your son coming home because, but uh, tasting the food before you actually get to deliver it. I'm so excited about this message. I mean, I believe, I, I truly believe that it may be the most important message that I have ever spoken. And so if I treat it that way with, with that much uh, honor and respect, I believe God will anoint it. He'll put his super on my natural because all I have is my natural right but he has more than what I have and so this series is called identity crisis we started off last week week one and the title last week was how to identify an identity crisis how do we know when we're in an identity crisis what does that look like you know and and we have to admit that we all go through that season of identity crisis you know Um, some call it the seasons of life and we just like well okay well we're in a different season now and we kind of forget who we are and and I think that the world's in an identity crisis the nation's nation is in an identity crisis Uh, the church is in an identity crisis therefore we as individuals we're in this phase of what what's going on what happened, the new normal, all of this, and who am I, by the way? <laughs> and then you're hanging out with your spouse for a couple of months, 
And you're looking at each other going, who are you, by the way? <laughs> right? <laughs> Anybody else? Um, am I connecting this morning? Anybody else feel that way? But, you know, there's, there's power in the Word of God to create and to change things. And so last week we looked at what we should be looking at. And the mirror on the wall that we see in the morning, the man in the mirror, you, a lot of songs come to mind, the man in the mirror, and the mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. That mirror doesn't really reflect who the real person is on the inside of us. Because you're looking at the outward me, but there's a real me on the inside that God sees. And the Word of God, the mirror of the Word of God, we looked at that scripture in James, that if, if we look continuously into the law of liberty, and we don't turn away and walk away and forget what kind of person that we are, then we understand who we are as God sees us and who we are in Christ. And that's, that's the big thing. That's the key, I believe, to people being set free in this day of, of despair and, and depression and just people wigging out because they don't know who they are. We're seeing the symptoms of a world that, that doesn't know who they are. And so the first point today is that we were born on earth. Everyone in this building and everyone watching um, through this camera in the internet or YouTube, Facebook, however it goes out to every person, you were born on this earth. And that's important. It's important that we were born on this earth because we need a body to live on earth. You know, if this body wears out, then we go somewhere because we're a spirit. I'm going to get to that in a minute, but the body that you have is important. The Bible even says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, those who are born again, and that God knit us. Look at Psalm 139, verse 13. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says this, You formed my innermost being. Now this is the psalmist talking to God. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. So here's God taking the innermost and the outside, intricate outside, and weaving them together. And only God knows how to do that. And that reminds me of the verse on, in the New Testament that says the, the word is the only thing sharp enough to go in and divide the spirit and the soul, the joints and the marrow. So God is the only, only one that knows how we were made, spirit, soul, and body. We're a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a body. Now, just thinking about that for 30 minutes or an hour would just blow your mind. How God made us so intricate and so, the word says, delicate. Those three parts of our being depend. I mean, doctors even, when someone goes in and they're in a, in a life or death situation, the doctors try to, to get them to believe that they're going to make it. Because the will of man is very strong. And when you will to live, you've got a good chance, right? I mean, God made us this way on purpose. And then verse 14, it says, Psalm 139, verse 14, it says, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Thank you, Lord, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything that you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. And if you think about your father who made you, designed you, fashioned you, formed you, wove you together in your mother's womb, he loves you. 
He has a purpose for you. He's not abandoned, abandoned you. There's a purpose for your existence. And you're here on earth. You know, most, most children are led to believe that they, they were made exclusively by their parents. You know, and some dad, maybe, maybe your dad says, you know, I brought you into this world. I, I'll take you out. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, God brought you into this world. And it's not his will that any should perish or suffer or have, have a bad life, right? He, he knows his plans that he has for you, those plans to prosper you and give you health and, and goodwill and he wants to bless his children. And so God made us, and he made us by his grace, and he just used our parents to get us here. It wasn't like we had a choice in who our parents are, right? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. But we can do two things. We can choose at this point to be grateful that we have life. And the second thing, we can choose to be grateful that God loves us. He loves us and he has a plan for our lives. So it doesn't matter how you got here. What matters is our gratefulness to God that we are here, we're alive, that he, he breathes his breath into us and we're breathing because of his breath. So we were born on earth. That's the first point. The title for today is uh, Your Spiritual DNA. If you want to follow along at the notes, uh, I forgot to mention this, but you can go to lifeway.church forward slash 07 dash. Today is the 5th, 07 dash 05 dash 20. That's how you can look at the notes. And I'm going to ask you to go to that because there's a lot of scripture that we're going to cover here in just a moment. And I won't be able to slow down and repeat it because it's important that you go back over these scriptures. Today's message is packed full of the word of God. I don't know anything else to give you that is powerful enough to change you from the inside out. I don't have anything that's greater than the word of God. It's not my ability to speak. It's not my intelligence. I don't know enough to help everybody in this room, but, but I do know that God knows enough to help all of us at the same time. So the second point to this message is being born again. We're born on earth, but then we must be born again. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus asked the question, well, how do I do that? Do I, how can a man enter their mother's womb the second time? And Jesus was saying, no, it's not natural, this natural, being naturally born again. It is being born of the Spirit. And so Jesus makes the distinction between being born on earth and being born from above, from the Spirit, being recreated spiritually. It's a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual identity. It's a spiritual DNA that we want to look at today. God made mankind in his image. Adam and Eve I'm talking about. But for all those who receive Christ, God has made us in the spiritual image of Jesus. Because the Bible says that we are one spirit with him. We're one spirit with Jesus. And so our spirits have come alive. We are born again. We are born of the spirit. So 2 Corinthians 5:17 says this. Therefore, you may know this, this is extremely important to what we believe. This I'm speaking today to the church. I'm not speaking to the world. Now, if the world wants to listen and become born again, that's a that's the first step into an eternal life with God. But I'm speaking to the church today. We need to know our spiritual DNA, and this is where it begins. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in 
Christ. If you're in Christ, say, I'm in Christ. There you are. You confessed it. You didn't have to cry. You didn't have to get on your knees. We, sometimes we make it so difficult to begin to follow Jesus. But it's as simple as believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then begin to follow him. Make him the Lord of your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a, what? New creation. There's a mind-blowing scripture right there. You're a new creation because you're in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, obviously, the all, all things that he's talking about here are not all things external. Because if you were tall before you came to Christ, then you're going to be tall the day after you come to Christ. After you confess Jesus. If you're bald, then probably the next day you're, you're going to be bald. I mean, right? He's talking about a deeper reality. The day before you were dead, the day after you're alive. The, the Living Bible says it like this. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. I like that. I think it's time that in the day that we're living in to focus on the person we are on the inside instead of so much focusing on the person that we are on the outside. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person on the inside. He's not the same anymore because a new life has begun. A new life has begun. Let me just explain the comment that I made about it. It's more important to focus on the inside because there's so much more power on the inside than the outside. The, the power of God resides in the human spirit of someone who's born again. And it's through his power in us, who we are in Christ, that causes our spiritual DNA to, to, to grow us into the person that God made us spiritually. So vital right now to understand who we are in Christ so that we can act like we're in Christ. Right? There's one message for the, for the world. If you're not in Christ, now's the time to give your life to Christ. The second part of that message to the church is, because you are in Christ, start acting like it. Just start acting like it. Right? Believing that Jesus is the Son of God and giving your life to Him by making Him your Lord is the best decision that you can ever make. We're going to give you a chance to do that here before we, before we leave, before we end this message. And it is the first step to discovering our spiritual DNA. Our spiritual DNA. Spiritual DNA is like our natural DNA. Talking about natural DNA, the F Frederick Meischer discovered DNA in 1869. Let me stop right there. This man who discovered, it's not important that you remember his name. It's really not important that you remember the date, the date that he discovered DNA. But here's the question. Did DNA exist before he discovered it? Yes. Absolutely, it did. But it, uh, scientists did not understand DNA and that the DNA was the genetic material in cells until 1943. So from 1869 to 1943, which is 74 years, they didn't understand that it was the genetic material in cells. Now, I'm not going to bore you with a lot of facts about DNA. Everybody has Google. They can go to it, and you can Google all day long about DNA, what it stands for, what it is, and all of that. But it's becoming even more and more important in our life, DNA. Would you agree? Yes. And so uh, prior to 
that time in 1943, from 1869 to 1943, they believed uh, that the proteins stored the genetic information. But they discovered that DNA stored information. Something else stores information. The Word of God. Who we are in Christ. Our spiritual DNA. Now, I'm a fan of Ancestry.com. And I've been using it for a couple years. And so I do a little bit of research, and sometimes I back off from, from it. And I'm connecting with my cousins on there, and I just signed in this morning after I haven't been on there for six months maybe, and I discovered there's a thousand new cousins that I have. Fourth and third and second and fifth cousins. And it's all determined by the DNA that about a year ago I spit in this little thing and sent it off in the mail. And they told me that I'm 87% England, Wales, over in that area, and then 13% Ireland and Scotland. So maybe that's why I like to do a little Irish dance every I don't know. I don't know. I didn't choose. I didn't choose the, the way I am naturally. But listen, God chose the way I am spiritually. He gave me my spiritual DNA. And guys, it is more, it's more important to focus on who we are in Christ than anything else about us. Our language, our accent, what we like. You know, as we get together in fellowship, you know, it's, okay, what kind of food do you like? What kind of music do you like? What do you like that I like that we can, we can connect on? But as Christians, listen, we're connected through our DNA, through our spiritual DNA, through Christ, who he is, and what he's done for us. So I want us to look at this scripture in Ephesians chapter 1. We need to know more about our spiritual identification in Christ. Would you agree? How much do we know about our spiritual identity? Sometimes I've had the Lord tell me, quit focusing on who your great, 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 great grandfather was because I was going back and finding this, this person and in Georgia, my great, 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 great grandfather, his name was Jesse Rhodes, and he was from over in um, Warren, Warren County, in a city called Warrenton. And then there was this fire in Georgia that destroyed all of the birth records in 18, uh, 1820, I think, 1819. Anyway, and so I'm studying, I'm studying, and I'm asking my cousins, do you know, do you know, do you know, ha, you, do you know? And the Lord says, well, enough of that. What do you know about your spiritual heritage? Here's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. The Amplified Bible. Listen to this. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know there's the knowledge and understand two different things, knowledge and understanding, right? A lot of people know a lot of things, but they don't understand nothing. We've got to understand what we're exposed to, knowledge and understanding. We've got to know and understand the hope to which he's called us and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. That's us. We need to know his glorious inheritance in us, his set-apart ones. And so that we can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in us, in us and for us who believe, which was demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength when he raised Christ from the dead and so forth and so on in verse 20. And, and it talks about raising Christ from the dead, that power that, that was exerted, that was demonstrated when, when God the Father raised Christ from the dead. That same power lives and dwells in us and we have to know and understand that power and that inheritance, who Christ is in us. He's the spirit of life. 
Jesus says, I, I, I am. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You remember when he, when he talked to the sisters of, of Lazarus and they were upset at him for not coming. Uh, why did you wait for four days, three days to come and, and didn't you hear that our brother died? And Jesus said, but I am the resurrection and the life. And so the power of Christ in us is that same resurrection power that raised Lazarus from the dead, but raised Christ from the dead. We need to know the, the exceeding greatness of that power in us. Who is Christ in us? So much greater than our natural heritage. It makes such a, a, more of a difference. It makes more of a difference who we are in Christ than any other thing in our life. We should spend unlimited time Finding out who we are in Christ. I believe that there's a spiritual world that's a reflection of this natural world that we see with our eyes. And this spiritual world is even more real and eternal than anything that we've ever experienced on this earth. And it's time to kind of lift up our eyes and find out that just like this prayer is praying that we should pray. We pray this prayer for ourselves. Lord, show me. Open my eyes. Open my heart. Open my understanding. Give me understanding of who I am in Christ because that makes the difference. And in my own personal life, that made the difference 35 years ago when I first heard messages about who I am in Christ. And I saw that I was so much greater than what I thought I was. We all deal with this self-image, right? We all try to find out the things that are in us. But it's who we are in Christ that distinguishes us from the rest of the people in the world. In fact, Pastor Sheila was quoting uh, Exodus 33. And Moses, because he encountered the power when he, visited, when he visited with God and God was in the burning bush and he spoke from the burning bush and said, go deliver my people, you know, remove your sandals, what do you have in your hand now? Go deliver my people. How can I do that? And Moses was, uh, I stuttered, that's okay, I'm giving you air and so forth and so on. And so that encounter that Moses had with God changed his life forever. And that was in Exodus 3. Exodus 33 what Pastor Sheila was saying this morning is that Moses was still crying out 30 chapters later, show me your glory, show me your glory, show me your glory. In fact, God, if I don't see your glory, I'm not going anywhere with these people, these stiff-necked, complaining people that you told me to deliver. Now we're out in the wilderness, and I'm not moving anywhere until I see your glory, your power, your glory. I need to know how great you are. Your goodness is so great. And so that's what distinguishes us. And that's what Moses said. How, how else will anybody in the world know that we are with you and you are with us unless they see this glory, these, they, unless they see this power in us? And so I think the world is, is looking looking to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so we need to know who we are in Christ. So here's 18 scriptures, 19 scriptures. I'm going to go through them fast. And you don't have to write them down because they're in the notes. So they're already prepared for you. So you can go back and look at them again. And if you sign up for the daily videos, this is a time to kind of make a little advertisement here. If you want to sign up for the daily videos, I don't know how. Guys, how do we get to sign up for the daily videos? How do we do that? I don't know. Maybe they'll put it on the screen here. But if you get the daily videos this week, I will go through this list again and again and again and again. Because we need to study. Listen, Sunday morning is not, Sunday morning for 30 minutes is not just enough. It's not enough time to just get in the Word. We need it more and more and more. And digest what we hear. 
Most of us will go to church and we'll say, oh, he preached a good message. Well, what was it about? I don't know, but it was really good. We need more and more. So here's the first scripture. In Christ, number one, I'm a new creation. Gave you the scripture earlier, 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So in Christ, I'm a new person. You may see the old person, but there's a new person on the inside. Number two, because of Christ and who I am in Christ, I am God's masterpiece. I'm God's workmanship. He made me. I, he created a masterpiece when he created me. There's not another one like me. Even if you have identical twins, there's, there's differences, right? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. He created us new. He created you new. You're God's masterpiece. When he made you, he said, it is good. Not only it is good, it is very good. Just like he said when he created Adam, this is very good. Number three, because of Christ and who I am in Christ, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. You may see me on earth. Really, I have one foot on earth and one foot in heaven. I've got dual citizenship. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Here it is. Philippians 3, verse 20. Citizen of heaven. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. That's who we are in Christ. Number four, we're seated with him. Ephesians 2, verses 6 and 7. For if he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. That's who we are in Christ. That's pretty important, wouldn't you agree? If you're seated with him in heavenly places. Number five, we are one with him. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, if you, can, if you can explain the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then you can explain how we are joined together with the Lord and we're one spirit with him. It's pretty deep. It requires understanding and knowledge. That's why we have to pray and Lord... Sh Show me how one I am with you. When I go, you go. And where I go, you go. And you said, you said in your word, Father, that no man can pluck me from the Father's hand. That I'm in, I'm in you and you're in me like the vine and the branch. There's so many scriptures about who we are in Christ. Number six, the, we're a member of his body. Ephesians 5.30 says we are members of his body. That means we're all in the same body. You belong to me, I belong to you. The Jesus in me needs the Jesus in you. I can't live without you. No more than our bodies when, when we're missing something, we, we sense it. Our bodies sense it, guys, and we need one another. And in Christ, we're all members of his body. Verse our number seven. We're redeemed. We're bought back to God with the blood of Jesus. That was the price that paid our ransom. He redeemed us. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. This is huge. He bought us. You belong to him. If he bought you, think about something you bought. You're not going to let somebody come and take that away. If you're standing there and watching, no. 
It belongs to you. We belong to him. He watches over us. He protects us. We're part of him. Number eight, we're saved from eternal damnation. So in Christ, I'm saved from eternal damnation. Mark 16, 16 says, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned or are sent to eternal damnation. So in Christ, I'm saved from eternal damnation. Number nine, I'm his child. 1 John 3, 1 says, see how very much our Father loves us, that he calls us his children. He calls me his child. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. There's an answer right there why people just, they don't recognize. Because it takes open spiritual eyes to see what God sees. And the Holy Spirit's the only one that can open those eyes. But we are his child. Everybody say, I am his child. Do you, know, do you fully know who you are in Christ? Is it fully realized who we are in Christ? Number 10, I hope I'm I hope I'm provoking you to, to, to get into the word and find out who we are in Christ so that we don't have an identity crisis. Number 10 says we're joint heirs with Jesus. Joint heirs with Jesus. Romans eight seventeen says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Now, each one, of these, each one of these points could be a message in itself, or really a series. I could go four weeks on each one of these. Easy. But let this be an appetizer to you to get into the Word and find out who you are in Christ because that's the most important thing. Guys, if you don't get anything else out of today, the most important thing for you to do is find out who you are in Christ because when we find out who we are in Christ, we find out what we have in Christ and we find out what we can do in Christ. It's not until you find out who you are that you can find out what you have. And you'll never do anything until you find out who you are and what you have. Because when you find out who you are and what you have, it gives you power to do what God has called you to do. Who we are in Christ is so important. First Peter 2.9 says we're a chosen, genera- cho- chosen race, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. Here's quoting First Peter 2.9, but, but you're not like that for you're a chosen people. Your royal priest, the holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Number 12 says, because of Christ, we're the light of the world. Matthew five fourteen through 16. Jesus says, you're a light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, A lamp is placed on a stand that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all people to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Number 13, in Christ I'm free from condemnation. Romans 8.1 says, for there is now no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because I belong to Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. The devil can try all day long to condemn me, but because I'm in Christ, there's no condemnation. There's always forgiveness, there's always repentance, and there's always restoration. Christ, Christ restores, Christ forgives, Christ redeems. No condemnation. So good. In Christ, I'm free from the dominion of sin. Number 14, Romans 6, 14. Romans 6.14 says, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law, 
Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So God's grace frees us. We're not bound by sin. We don't have to sin. We can say no, no to sin. Because the strength of Christ, the power of Christ in us, gives us power over sin. I don't have to sin. That doesn't mean that I don't make a mistake and sin. But sin doesn't have power over me. Like that old Flip Wilson skit. <laughs> the devil made me do that. No, the devil can't make you do anything. I can choose to say no. No. And the devil must flee. Number 15. In Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. Romans 8.37 says, Despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And so I'm a more than, I am more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Number 16, we're overcomers because of Christ. In Christ, I'm an overcomer. Whatever comes, I overcome it. 1 John 5. 4 and 5 says this, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And so God gives me the power to overcome. doesn't mean that things won't come against me, but when they come against me, I can overcome them. Number 17, in Christ I'm victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. In Christ you're victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, for, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he gives us the victory. We're victorious. Number 18, in Christ we are workers together with him. We work together with him. Second Corinthians chapter six verses one through three says, God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time I heard you on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry because we're workers together with God. We're God's partners. He has hired us, really. I mean, he's joined us with him in order to do his work in the earth. And that's all because of Christ. Number 19, the last one. Someone shared this with me when I was about 20 years old and it changed my life for the past 36 years. 20 years old, I heard this scripture. Because of Christ, I'm complete. I'm complete. I don't need to run and look for anything outside because I, in Christ, I, I have it already in here. In here, Colossians 2.10. It says, so that you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And this is what I understood 36 years ago. Because of Christ in me, who I am in Christ, God has given me everything that I, I need for life and godliness to complete my course on this earth. And everything I need for all of eternity. It doesn't come from the outside, it's already on the inside. You say, well, that's, that's pretty arrogant. No, I don't boast in myself. I boast in the life of Christ in me. Paul said, it's no longer, it's, and we'll get into this next week, it's no longer that I, I that lives. I died, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live right now in the flesh is through my faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. That's what we need to know.
That's what we need to focus on. Husbands and wives, focus on Christ. Focus on Christ in your, in your spouse. God is working on us. Everybody agree? We're not a completed work. Christ is working on us. But he can only work on us to the degree that we give him ourselves. Right? Finding out who we are in him. Lord, show me. Back to that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Lord, show me. Show me. Show me these things. Show me. Teach me. Help me. Holy Spirit, reveal in me who Christ is in me. The more that I see him working in me, the more I see him working out through me. The more I see what what Christ is in me, the more others will see Christ in me. Did you get this today? If you're not born again, if you're not a child of God, if you haven't experienced this new life in Christ, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. If everybody will just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. If you're, if you're there uh, connected with us, just want to give you a minute to make a decision. Best decision you'll ever make. The greatest decision. To take a step toward eternal life in Christ. Who you are in Christ is right in front of you. If you make this decision today. you need to follow Jesus for the very first time or maybe maybe you've made a decision before but you just for some reason you just didn't you took it one step but that was it maybe you went backwards I don't know this moment is between you and God so I'm not gonna I'm not it's a sacred moment between you and God I don't need to know if if you're raising your hand or coming forward this is God moves right there where you are. I'm so sure of this. The people are are going to say yes to Jesus today. You need to say yes to Jesus and walk with him and acknowledge him as your Lord, as your Savior. Just right there where you are. Just begin by praying this prayer, by saying this from your heart, not your head, but from your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you right now. And so I give myself to you and I take all that you have for me. I confess that you're my Lord, that you came to earth, that you gave your life, you shed your blood for my salvation. And I believe with all my heart that you're alive And I receive right now the gift of eternal life. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive your love and your grace and your mercy. I choose today to follow you all the days of my life. Now look up here. If if you've done that, that's, that's the best step, the best decision you could ever make. And from this day forward, we, we have to make that decision every day. It's not, it's not that we get born again again or born again again and again and again and again. No, but we're making a determined, intentional decision to follow Christ every day. If you made that decision for the first time or maybe you're, you're choosing again, to follow Jesus and make him your Lord. On the screen, you can just go lifeway.church forward slash salvation. Let us know. We want to pray for you. We want to send you out some materials to help you. We all need help in growing as a disciple of Christ. Again, I believe that this message is critical for the day that we're living in so that we know who we are. The more that we know who we are in Christ, the less that what this world is saying and doing is is really going to matter. I'm not saying that we should disengage from what's going on. I'm not saying that at all. But listen, we have to, Jesus said, 
we have to build our foundation solid. So when the waves and the winds and the storms beat, that our house doesn't fall down, right? Knowing who you are in Christ is the most important thing after you say yes to Jesus. Would you agree? So let me pray for you and then we're going to go. Man, you guys have been hanging with me today. Thank you. Thank you for listening with your heart. Father, thank you so much for loving us just the way you do. You don't ask us to change before we come to you, but Father, you do an awesome change in us when we come to you. It's the power that raised Christ from the dead. Thank you, Lord, for those people that responded today. Thank you, Father, for those that, that are making a decision to draw closer and go deeper like Moses did. He went closer to your presence. He wanted to see your glory. Let that be the cry of our heart, Lord, to know you and the power of your resurrection. Thank you, Lord, that this week we have a supernatural encounter with you, that we hear your voice more clearly, that we become more hungry for your word, Lord, that, that we show people the kindness and the goodness and the love and the, and the, the power and the faith of God in our, in our daily life, the way that we talk, the way that we act, Lord. Let the things that you've done on the inside of us affect our outside to the point where people think, wow, you're radically changing what happened. And all we can say is, well, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Thank you, Father, for sustaining, maintaining, growing, and encouraging your church, holding us in a place, Lord, where you're pouring into us so that you can pour out from us. We love you. We bless you. listening to the Lifeway Church podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.